Hi, I'm Chris Kepler, and welcome to Does This Happen to You? I'm an actor, voice actor, audiobook narrator, and writer. I love reading, pondering, and sharing humorous stories about the freakish things that happen in everyday life. That's why this podcast features funny stories from fantastic writers about our daily aberrations, a micro-audio book about life and befuddlement just for you. Our story this week is from M. Nathan Robinson, who you'll find on Medium.com. And here is Family Movie Night. Who thought this was a good idea? Reality rarely meets expectations. It's hard enough choosing a movie to satisfy both my wife and myself. And it's not what you're thinking. I'm not some mindless sack who insists on an action flick while my wife pines for a rom-com or Brad Pitt's latest. No, we do possess a modicum of taste and culture, but where I relish doldrums and depression, my wife does not share my level of psychopathy and self-flagellation. She prefers stories with a good measure of hope. Ugh. On the occasions we've been able to find some overlap, we've enjoyed some of the best moments of our rich life together. But after 25 years, there are only so many times we can re-watch Sense and Sensibility. Add to the mix our 9-year-old girly girl and sporty 13-year-old son, and we have a committee destined to stand adjourned. And I know, movies the whole family can enjoy is as ubiquitous as a phrase gets. But if your family is anything like mine, you also have to agree it's one of the great frauds perpetrated on the American public. There's no doubt at least one of us is going to be sacrificing our evening. Jumanji, Home Alone, The Addams Family, Annie, Mary Poppins, Back to the Future, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, E.T., the Karate Kid, Mrs. Doubtfire, Christmas Vacation. All of these may have broad entertainment value, but I think the real measure should be more stringent. For it to be a film the whole family can truly enjoy should require that each viewer be eager to go, pay, watch, and enjoy from beginning to end, all by their lonesome. Our family movie night starts like I imagine most do. Forty-five minutes of scrolling, followed by a fight. The nearly endless sampling of trailers seems to break down into two categories. Those that are tempting, but have revealed the entire plot, including the surprise ending, or those so thick with quick cuts and crescendos we are left no further informed. Also, since this is a family decision, the selection can have too much romance, or too much action, or too much talking, or too much auteur quality, and it can't have those actors she doesn't like, or the actresses he can't stand, and certainly no subtitles, and not that thing that someone can't quite put their finger on, but just doesn't like because they don't know why, they just don't. And after all that, my wife turns to me and says something like, Oh, just pick one and we'll watch it. 
and the dilemma is mine. Do I choose something I want to see and risk my children slinking away within the half hour? Or do I select something they'll like, but forces me to have forgotten that call I had to make and excuse myself momentarily never to return? The likelier scenario is where I go the selfless route by choosing the one I think the kids will really like and then stick around long enough to find out they couldn't care less. And by the time we acknowledge that no one is happy, it's too late to start another one and it's too early to go to bed. So we just go to bed. But then there are those other nights when I'll convince my wife that the kids are old enough to handle and take to something a bit more sophisticated. And I use some reverse psychology by saying something like, it's a great movie, but I'm not sure you guys are mature enough yet. And my kids, who are too mature to fall for such blatant manipulation ever since they saw it portrayed in The Parent Trap and The Incredibles, call my bluff, but agree to give it a try anyway. I'm excited and invigorated, and I push the button and then race to the bathroom, put water on for tea, make too much or too little popcorn, and silence my phone, and then can't believe I did all that and still have an ungodly number of previews, warnings, logos, and credits to sit through. And then sometime later, I realized that maybe I should have paid more attention to the warnings because I'd forgotten this movie has a staggering amount of inappropriate content. And if I'm being honest, I really don't think hearing foul language is going to ruin my children, and the human body can be a beautiful thing, and the violence, let's face it, my kids come from a long line of wusses and are no danger to anyone. But that doesn't mean I want to be sitting there next to them while the lengthy, fully lit, fully nude love scene plays out. Did I mention lengthy? You know the one where you're all sitting quietly on the couch, on the chair, on the floor, equally still, uncomfortable, not breathing, and as the parent you wrestle with your options. You can instruct your children to close their eyes, but of course, the moaning and groaning become that much more obvious, or you can fumble for the clicker and try to find the fast-forward button, but hit the button just to the right that immediately disconnects the TV, cable, and internet, leaving you with a screen of deafening snow while it moves on to cancel your electricity, water, and heat. In short, you can make some sort of fuss that will bring more awkward attention to the situation, or you can just wait it out and realize whatever damage this is doing, if any, is already done. And then you ask yourself, why shouldn't your kids be subjected to the same embarrassment your parents inflicted upon you? Like the time they snuck you in to see fame and Coco was forced to take off her top while you were forced to sit there, ducking from the usher in between your parents with nowhere to hide and learn how to forever associate nudity with shame. It seems the horrendously awkward family time sex scene viewing, a.k.a. H-A-F-S-V, 
is as much a part of the American fabric as apple pie and racism, and with an easy-to-remember acronym, it's ripe to join our growing list of untreatable syndromes. Then there's that other movie, the one you saw when you were a kid, the one you've been waiting to show them because you know them so well and know they're going to love it just as much. And sure, it's a bit dated and corny and predictable, mostly because it's been copied so many times. A fact you're ready to explain if the objection is raised. But it has that scene. Oh, that scene. That scene where the child and the parent finally connect after so many failed attempts, and it's heart-wrenching and heartwarming all at the same time, and you'll turn to your child and decide whether to spare them the embarrassment by pretending you don't see them tearing up, or scooch over, wrap your arm around, and pull them close. And it will be a moment your child will remember forever and want to replicate with their children and their children's children. Then the scene arrives, and it doesn't quite go as planned. Instead, you're compelled to say something like, Put your phone down for the upteenth time. You missed it. Happy now? And they'll say something like, This is so boring. Can we watch something else now? And you'll say, It's not boring if you just pay attention and give it a chance. And they'll say, I did give it a chance. It's boring and stupid. And you'll say, Takes one to know one. And they'll not believe you just called them stupid and say, You're the worst parent ever. And you'll stop trying to salvage the evening and give up on the dream of having that heartfelt moment with your child, the one you've been so eagerly anticipating ever since they were born. Or, we'll all just try again tomorrow night. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this story, let me know and share it with your friends. Follow me at Chris Narrates on Twitter or Chris K. Kepler on Facebook, or check out my website, chriskepler.com. <laughs>